Wednesday, there's going to be a celebration honoring Chicago's Day of the Girl. Now, fathers of girls probably think every day is the Day of the Girl, but this is a special day highlighting some special issues, and we're going to talk about some of those issues this weekend. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. In 2012, the United Nations declared October 11th as the International Day of the Girl. Here in Chicago, this is where a group called the Girls Like Me Project Incorporated steps in. They've been holding annual observances of Chicago's Day of the Girl for a dozen years. Uh, This year's activities will be at the South Shore Cultural Center, and the lineup of activities and workshops sounds fun, but underpinning it all is a serious mission. And... uh, Joining me to talk about the issues are Heidi Pearson, Director of Strategic Communications and Partnerships with the Girls Like Me Project, and Toussaint Werner. He's a graphic artist who has daughters in the GLMP programs, and I thank both of you uh, for uh, for joining me this weekend. Heidi Pearson, tell us a little bit about Girls Like Me and uh, how and why it got started. Sure. So I have been with the organization um going on about two years now, but I have always known uh, about Girls Like Me Project through Lakeisha Gray School Sewell, who is the executive director. She and I are former uh, classmates at Southern Illinois University at Carbondale. So I've known Lakeisha for a very long time. And I know that this organization is something that it, it is truly a labor of love for her. Um, and, and, you know, it's a, it's an organization that a, many of us hold very dear to our hearts. But um, Girls Like Me Project Inc. exists to align uh, Black girls in Chicago with media literacy and how to utilize media in a way where it, where they can uh, tell their stories in their own voices and their own lived experiences and take a tool that, quite frankly, has has turned against them in a way, but empowers them to utilize this tool in a way where they get to um, own their own narratives and create those narratives the way that they see fit. Mm. And indeed, uh, as part of the media, uh, we, we, we know the value of doing that. Uh, Toussaint Werner, how did you learn about the program and why did you want to get your girls involved? Um. Piggybacking on what Heidi said, uh, you know, I wanted my daughter to write her own path, you know, create her own story, create her own narrative. I've known about the program since its inception. Uh, Lakeisha Graysu, uh, the owner of the program or CEO, I don't know the title, I'm sorry. Uh, but we've been friends for a, a very long time and we've worked together on several projects. So when she jumped out and started the project, uh, it was imperative for me to get my daughter involved. Mm. You know, these days, there's a lot of attention concentrated on boys, especially African-American boys. That's that's usually if you hear some new initiative, uh, they are the focus and and the attention is needed, uh, you know, given all that's going on these days. But do we sometimes forget about girls? I mean, it's it's common to hear folks say, well, girls mature faster than boys like they're they're in better shape. They'll they'll be okay. And we're, we're worried about the boys. Uh, Heidi, talk a little bit about that. I mean, do girls get, I won't say taken for granted, but assumed to be okay? I, I think, um, you know, 
just culturally and and from a society standpoint um girls are often required to be quiet and their words are often you know dimmed down because society says that males masculinity is more important uh in many instances i don't i have not birthed a son i do have uh two bonus sons of of my own but you know there is a distinct difference in the way that boys are raised versus the way that girls are raised and how they're expected to show up in the world every day mm. and Toussaint has has a son so i know you know he would have a great perspective on that he has daughters and a son so yeah, I, and I would be I would be interested in hearing that uh, the the difference between raising uh, raising girls and raising raising a boy. I mean, uh, you know, do do you come at it thinking, you know, well, the girls are fine. I got to you know, I, I got to worry about my son. Uh, I don't know if I agree with the original premise mm -hmm. that that there's a lot of attention on black boys. I don't know if I agree with that. I think Chicago is unique in its design in any way. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, when you think about some of the ailments that, that trouble Chicago, I don't know if we have much, I don't know, uh, desire to correct or engage our boys either. And I think, you know, the 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 real, for me at least, the real conversation is not just a gender conversation, but it's also a racial conversation, you know? Yeah. So in that context, you know, from a, maybe from a national standpoint, it might be something different, but I don't have that experience. I only have this local experience. And, I do not think there's a greater emphasis on boys over girls in Chicago, but I don't think there's an emphasis on black children in Chicago. So as a black parent, I think it's imperative that I focus my interest in making sure that my kids reach the heights that I, uh, you know, I have set forth for them. But now what are the differences between uh, raising a boy and raising girls? I mean, what things do you have to think about or do differently. I'm sure this is perspective based, but again, it's based yeah. on geography too. You know, I think for my son, one of my main concerns is physical safety. I think for my daughter, one of my main concerns is mental safety. Mm -hmm. you know? I would and agree. I think I, I think I approached uh, raising them from those perspectives. You know, uh, hence why girls like me make so much sense for my daughter. You know, uh, when we think about Again, like I said, is you know some of this is regional conversation, but what is the narrative for Black children in Chicago, right? And if we look at the overarching narrative for Black children in Chicago, it's all problematic. I believe my children are blessings from God, so to to raise them in a in a construct of you're just a problem, that's not that's not going to work for me. Correct. Amen. Uh, but Heidi, can let's let's talk about the special challenges to raising girls, especially in a time when when we are paying attention to our young people that uh expectations are changing i mean this what we thought of now when it went you know i'm old enough to have grown up in a world where there were no female ceos of fortune 500 companies and uh you didn't see uh, very many women as authority figures that's different now i mean this is a different world very different and to Tucson's point, the you know, organizations like a Girls Like Me project are so important because if you are a parent such as you know myself and many other parents, Tucson, and how we're raising our, our children, um Glimpy reinforces it's it's a it's a organization that reinforces what we are 
already, you know, teaching and instilling in our kids at home. Um, we want to see girls see themselves in several opportunities, in several ways, several places and spaces, CEO spaces, artists, uh, scientists, uh, National Geographic, Fulbright scholars, uh, marketers, C CMOs of marketing co corporations like Nike and, and so forth. So um, it, it this organization serves as you can imagine the possibilities and here are the ways in which we're going to take you there. Here are places and people that are doing the things that you you think you may want to do. If you think you want to be an artist, well, then, you know, you could be an artist that designs a studio at Pepsi that is all about collaboration and it's a collaborative lab. So, you know, they are opening opportunities and access to opportunities for them to see themselves in these places and spaces that they, you know, are not maybe immediate to them in their immediate environments. Mm. Uh, I I wonder though if having those things open up to to anyone, frankly, but but girls in this case, um, doesn't put even more pressure on on young people to to be something more. To I mean, you know, you want to aspire to more, but it also means you're expected to do more. Is is that something you have to watch out for, uh, Toussaint Werner? Um, I, not really, you know what I mean? I think one of the beauties of creating your own narrative is it, 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 it in a lot of ways, it surpasses just, you know, corporate aspirations or, uh, job aspirations. I want my daughter to be a whole human being, you whole know, being. and yeah. know the brevity of the access that she has through that humanity, you know? And I think being in control of your own narrative, being open to the understanding, let's again, perspective based, right? For me, media is the fourth wing of gov American government, right? <laughs> it just is, right? And again, back to the racial context of what that means and just the historic context of what it means to be Black, right? You said it's a changing world. Eh, maybe for some people, right? right. Uh, but I don't know if that really, if we have access to that changing world in a way that we believe we do. I think media creates an environment that says we have access to it and then we design ourselves or create values for ourselves based on that assumption of access, right? But that does not make you a whole human being. That access doesn't define you at all. Right. You know what I mean? I want you to be in love with you because you are here. Yes. Nothing else defines you, right? You have oxygen in your lungs. You are worthy of being valued. You know, I think one of the kind of culminating moments that, that that made me understand the value of girls like me. There was like a month or two when me and my daughter was going back and forth. And she was very, very young, man. And it was, you know, maybe 12 or 11, maybe younger than that, to be honest with you. I can't even remember specifically. Uh, and I'm one of those girl dads, right? My daughter means the world to me. I love my son to death, but it's a very different connection between me and my little girl, you know? Uh, and there was like a month and you know she she's she's vulnerable with me because we have that kind of relationship. And for like a month, man, every couple of days she would come to me and she would say, "Daddy, I'm ugly." Right? Oh. And my heart is beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. And Gorgeous. even and, and what happened was for like the first I don't know two or three times she came to me, I responded like a dad who loves his daughter is supposed to respond. Now, nah, baby, you're beautiful. You know, you look like your daddy, and I'm ravishingly handsome. How could you not be beautiful? You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so we laugh and we joke and we going back and forth, but 
the 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 moment she said that to me, there was a level of fear that arose in me. I didn't know how to deal with that. Mm. Right? And I know how important it is specifically for a young black girl to have be self-realized, right? To to believe in herself, to have self-esteem. You know, so maybe after I don't know, a month of those kind of interactions every so often, I stopped doing, I stopped responding like I thought a daddy should respond. Sure. And I said, well, baby, look, I think you're beautiful. But it don't matter what I think. Right. If you don't think you're beautiful, then you're not going to be beautiful. I can't dictate that for you. Mm-hmm. You have to make that choice. Right. But it also made me understand that I had to infuse her into communities that reinforce those ideas of what real beauty is. You know what I mean? So again, having the brevity and understanding that the whatever that image that she's making you think you're not beautiful is, is not your standard. It never has right. to be your standard. You create your standard. Right. So to ingratiate her in a community of beautiful black women who are driven, who are motivated, who absolutely love my daughter, it just reinforces those standards. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, as, as I, we we have raised and he's an adult now, uh, you know, a, one a son and only a son. And when growing up, uh, you know, obviously we had friends and I remember sitting with a, a friend of ours who had a daughter there. And they were, the daughter and the son were friends. Um, and they were kind of joking around. And I was bemoaning the fact that our son didn't, you know, sometimes struggled in school. And I I said, you know, sometimes I wish our son were more like your daughter because uh, she always would study so hard and she was doing marvelously. And he looked at our son goofing around with his daughter and teasing her and them them both laughing and he looked at me and he said sometimes i wish our daughter were more like your son wow he said sometimes she worries too much about studying and sometimes i wish she would have more fun when when you know your kid i mean you you, we are parents who are still learning right and our kids teach us about ourselves and the messages and the words that we um, need to be continuously affirming with them. So it's all about tuning into your kid, really, and understanding who your who your child is, um, juxtaposed to society and juxtaposed to their friends and family members and the things that are going on around them and how they uh, absorb the the media and the technology that they're consuming and all of the things around them you know tuning into your kid and seeing how those things are affecting him or her um is the smartest thing that i could say to parents as i'm doing that actively with my daughter you're listening to wbbm news radio's at issue i'm craig delamore this weekend we're talking about the upcoming 12th annual chicago day of the girl yes it's official there's a city council resolution sponsored by third ward alderwoman pat dow who also chairs the powerful finance committee joining me this weekend are heidi pearson director of strategic communications and partnerships with the girls like me project and tucson werner he is a graphic designer and founder of the calumet creative design agency and his daughters are in the program and i want to talk a little bit about the program and 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 the program that's going to be coming up this week at the South Shore Cultural Center. Um, but one of the aims of it is to to build fellowship among girls. So Heidi, talk to me a little bit about the kinds of things 
that you're hoping to do on the day itself? Sure. So um, I, I definitely will take this moment to talk about our and, and mention our sponsors because the sponsors are absolutely a part of infusing what it is that we want to uh, have the girls and the attend the, the girls that attend this this experience because it's it's more than just an event it's an absolute um, necessary experience things that we look to have them incorporate in their everyday life. So you have organizations um, sponsoring like Family Focus, who provides community and family supportive services, um, after school programming for for girls as well. Um, On behalf of Marshall High School, you have um, Black Girls Jump. It is a double Dutch organization that not only, you know, has taken this this, uh, neighborhood pastime and, and really talking and educating about how it is a part of the Olympic standing now. And, and so it's being viewed as, you know, a, an Olympic sport. Um, you have Sister Afia's Community Center and uh, Black Girls Smile that focus on wellness and yoga and meditation and just, you know, the whole person, the well-being and how you start your day and set the tone and set intentions for your day. Uh, and so those are those are things that will be going on. We have um, morning yoga and from this summer's Soul Freedom School, uh, the, the academy, one of the things that the girls absolutely requested in this activation on the 11th is to bring their daily affirmations and their yoga practices back to expose that to all of the, uh, you know, potentially 250 girls that will be attending this year. So we, we're just really excited. Um, it's the 12th year. And it just keeps getting bigger and better. And it just keeps impacting in a way where girls are asking all across from from Hillside to the West Side to Indiana to Iowa, you know, how do we join this? and How are we a part of this? And how can we come? So we're, we're really proud of that. Before I forget to ask, how do parents even hear about this program? How, uh, how do they know that this is available to these kinds of programs are available to them? So we're, we're, we're working, we're out in the community. We had a, this summer we had a, uh, out of home transit furniture campaign. So it was a bus stops throughout Bronzeville and Inglewood area. Um, we are constantly having film screenings and um, the programming that we offer, which are mother-daughter intergenerational healing circles. Uh, We have crowning ceremonies. I mean, we are are in the community on the ground, um, spreading the word. Our social media has been really impactful as well. So we're on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn as uh, at Girls Like Me Projects. So we are, we're actively getting the word out, but we have a lot of evangelists for us, people who either have come and gone through this program, parents who have heard about it, friends, colleagues. I mean, folks are really engaged and we're really grateful to have people wrap their arms around Glimpy. Well, Tucson Werner, uh, I, I know you're one of the evangelists. I want to uh, go back to the the issue of, of, of fellowship, building, you know, a camaraderie among uh, young women. Um, and you know, what are the keys to doing that? Um, and still allow, I mean, you know, it, it's okay for people to be competitive too. Uh, again, these are, it's always a balance and it's different from parent to parent, but how do you, uh, how do you 
get that kind of thing going where people don't feel like they're rivals or or anything but uh can work together but still you know compete again brother i'm gonna have to say i don't know if i agree with the original premise <laughs> I, I, geez, the, the, don't i just put the question out there i'm i'm, I'm here to learn no, I'm with it, man. But I'm a I'm a full believer in uh the village raises the child, right? I'm a I'm a firm believer in it. I'm a product of the Absolutely. village. I want my children to be products of the village. And again, back to the racial context of just our existence in America, uh, we should be focused more on collaboration than competition. We don't have the room for competition, you know. Absolutely. Uh mm -hmm. so in regards to being one of those evan uh evangelists, like you said. Uh, for me, you know, and I'm sure there are other programs in the city that offer, you know, great options and opportunities, but it's the type of women that are involved in girls like me that uh, keep me engaged, that, that that keep my focus, uh, keep me having my daughter focused inside that program. Again, my I'm just because of the kind of man that I am, I think is very important for us to have a context of what it means to be black is important. You know, that's an Absolutely. important part of the conversation. And I think specifically in this new changing world that you talk about, I think that's a dynamic that's often bypassed. And I don't think you can bypass that part of the dynamic. You are different. You are special. You come from different, uh, a different legacy, you know, yeah. and because of that different legacy, you have different challenges, you know. Uh, and I think it's important that we, I think it's imperative that we embrace that part of the journey. I think it's the most important part of, of our existence, to be honest with you. You know, we oftentimes compare ourselves to other ethnicities. And we always talk about the wealth gap, but we always talk about the the the, the community gap, but we we rarely, really focus on what it really means to be communal. And that's the difference. You know, mm -hmm. uh, that mm -hmm. is the difference. That's why they're effective. That's why they have success, because they're communal. It's not a, com we think competitive because we've been here the longest. You know what I'm saying? So we've been indoctrinated into this kind of capitalist culture. It works for, you know, uh, white society because they own everything. That's the only reason it works for them. It doesn't work for us. We have to have a communal design. All those other cultures that come here, they have a communal design and an understanding of identity. We have to get back to that. So, and for me, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a focus on the village raising my children, and that village has to have an understanding of that identity, or it's a waste of my time. Mm. Um, how do you how do you address some of the, the the perils out there as well and uh you know um i know wellness is a uh is is one of the things that you're going to be uh focusing on on the day itself but uh what about the things that that go against that and i'm you know the the uh there's there's sexual abuse out there i mean do we give our, how do we give our children the right warnings and not make them afraid to be out in that world too? So, so one of the things that we also will be doing on the 11th is there is a foreign language immersion component to the day where they will be uh, learning how to say their names and greet people and, and learning words in other languages. And if you take you know, music, for instance, we teach words and vocabulary words like misogyny, right? And then before they even stepped into the program and they listen to a song that comes on 
you know, any radio station, urban hip hop radio station. And then you teach the girls the definition of certain words like misogyny, right? Then they go back and they listen to the same song again. They can now identify, right, what's happening in the song. And is this song now something that you think, you know, you want to continue to listen to? And, and you know, nothing against artists and, and music folks, but it is having girls become aware of the media and the things that they're consuming and what those things, how those things impact them on the daily basis, because they're, they're around it, you know, all day, every day, social media, you know, YouTube, just everything. And so, and so on the 11th, you know, those are things that we will be reinforcing, um, in a, from a foreign language immersion standpoint and, and just in how we set the tone for the day. Mm. Um. Susan Werner, I have to ask you as a as a parent, how much do you worry about social media and the effects that it can have on on your children? I mean, I talked to a parent earlier this week uh, on another well on that topic, uh, and you know, she thinks social media is 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 you know a, a flat out danger. She wishes she could outlaw it for below a certain age. How do you feel about that? Uh, I think all media is dangerous if you don't have an understanding. Yes. Right. Um, uh, so, you know, I also have a philosophy that you can't raise a lion on a leash. That's right. I mean, this is the world that you're going to inherit. You got to have to, you're going to have to have an understanding of it. Right. Um, uh, again, back to the village concept though. You know what I mean? If you're secure in you, if you have an understanding of you, all of that outside noise is just that outside noise. You know, I can't change the world, but I can control my world. You know what I mean? Social media is here to stay. It's part of it. Right. Uh, and I agree. It is very dangerous. It, it absolutely is. Right. But the counterbalance to that is having a real secure community. When I say I'm a, a advocate for the village. One of the aspects of that village raising children that we don't really put in the perspective is that as the generations go, those children regenerate those villages. You know what I mean? You meet your neighbors through the relationships that your children build in the communities. Right. Yes. So we have to we have a responsibility here as parents, too. We have responsibility. We, we have the ultimate responsibility. Absolutely. You, you know what I mean? So, you know, through those relationships, through my children, I, I begin to grow and build uh, greater connectivity through my own communities which would strengthen the, the boundaries and the borders of our communities. And social media does not become real. I'm a child of hip hop. You know, one of the things my father used to do was he would sit down and listen to hip hop music with me. You know, he wasn't a fan, but he would listen. He wants to know what I'm engaged in. Absolutely. You know? And he would say stuff and I didn't agree with him, but he would say stuff. But, and and as a child, I didn't, I didn't understand, nor did I have, nor did I agree with the statements that he made about hip hop. You know, but as I got older, I started to recognize some of the thoughts that he was putting into my brain. Like, man, no, he was he was right. I, I did respond to this music. I did respond to the energy that this music created. Right. It did have an influence over me. Right. But him sitting down there with me listening to that music and not just him sitting down there with me listening to that music. But the fact that I had the kind of relationship I had with him had a much greater influence on me than hip hop. Mm. And going I back. Was, yeah. Go, you, no, go ahead, Heidi. Yeah, I was going to say what's beautiful in that, Susan, is your memory and the way that you speak about that experience 
that is what Girls Like Me Project is all about. We communication, talking, honing in on the children and honing in on our daughters and and the surrounding, you know, the families that are involved in the program. It is important to keep that communication open so that later on, how they communicate about the the memory of their experience, that's how you know you did a great job. That's mm-hmm. a perfect last word for this because we are out of time. Thank you very much. That was a Heidi Pearson with the Girls Like Me Project. Thank you. And thank you, Toussaint Werner, father, proud father of daughters and a son, uh, for uh, spending the time with us. To our listeners, if you would like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That's WBBMNewsRadio.com. There's a link on the homepage. You can also find our podcasts on Odyssey.com. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Uh, we'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 105.9 WBBM.